From the crime-burdened planet of Narshada to the dusty streets of Mos Eisley, broadcasting you from somewhere deep in an underground bunker on Nalhada, this is Table Flip. Table Flip is hosted by Patrick. <laughs> Nick. And Matt. The Techno Union Army. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Table Flip, episode 19. It's just the three of us this week, but we have spoilers. We have some deck talk, and we have a lot of really cool spoilers. Did I mention spoilers? Nick, how you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? It's been a busy week, but I'm looking forward to the show tonight. Darn right it has. Matt, how are you? I'm doing great. It's good to be back. Um, I wasn't here last time to watch the Super Bowl, and it seems like that was a bad idea. <laughs> Horrible game. This is a much better game here. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. That's that's all I gotta say about that. But we had some spoilers over this last two weeks. We were going to do a show um, last Sunday, but we decided against it because we all had like different times that we were trying to actually do things in. So it was like, well, we can do a show at like five thirty-seven p.m. or we can do a show at five thirty-seven a.m. So we just kind of decided let's just let's just stick to our regular schedule. Now, my favorite spoilers of the three, personally, is actually the Rebel one, um, mainly because it has to do with Jan Ors and you know the whole Kyle Katarn thing. My favorite, I guess, character group in the Star Wars universe. So, uh, what are your guys' favorite spoilers out of the ones that have been actually shown? Uh, we'll start with Matt. My favorite is actually the Jedi um, spoilers, Heroes and Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly because I think it corrects a couple of the big problems people have had with pure Jedi decks. Yes. And not being able to get a high enough density of um, cards they need. You know, you you had to play protectors, mm-hmm. you, um, which are useful cards, but they won't win games. They'll just keep you from losing. Right. Um, but finally, we have something resembling a tutor in Ron's guidance and oh I hear echoes of the forces could be a useful card the potential uses for it are um, pretty broad and the ability to Mm -hmm. flop units in and out with the objective itself just sets up all sorts of combos it really does yeah yeah, I mean, the um, we're not going to read all the card effects because uh, pretty much if you want to see them, they're online everywhere. Uh, Smugglers then has them on their Facebook. Uh, we have them our, on our Facebook. Uh, Team Covenant has it on their website. And what was the other one that got them? It was all oh, flipthefors.com also got them as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's been an, been an interesting kind of light side force pack. I mean, this is definitely a force pack for the light side, but let's not actually forget the um, Empire one, which was really interesting. But before we move on too quickly, Nick, uh, what was your favorite spoiler? Uh, I definitely liked what uh, Team Covenant, uh, Covenant spoiled with the Smuggler set and the uh, 
the freeholders. Mm -hmm. I think that's what they're called, right? Um, they're an eight cost unit and, uh, for every card or unit that your opponent has in their hand, their cost is reduced. Um, and it also comes in that set with a card that sends all of, uh, your opponent's units back to their hand. So you have a nice trick to get them out for almost free. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. I, I think that the I think the most powerful objective set is definitely the the smugglers one, because it's just ridiculous. I mean, if your opponent already has, still still has say six cards in their hand or even five cards in their hand, I mean that that's a three cost unit that does retarded amounts of damage and has a lot of HP. Um, I mean, you can use the Falcon's ability on this. Uh, you can use. Well, you can technically use Heroes and Legends on this, too, because it is a character unit. But it is not unique, and I thought Heroes and Legends had to be unique. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yep, you're right. Sorry. That's okay. My hopes were shattered as on the quickly plus side, as they came. Get, yeah. On the plus side, that means you can get all four of them into play at the same time. Which so, is hilarious if you think enough. about it. Yeah. yeah uh, someone on the our Facebook actually asked... Um, I think it was Facebook. I, I don't remember where I saw it. But someone asked um, why... Why is this like a character and not like a squad or something? Main reason is because the Star Wars doesn't actually do that yet. We I don't think we actually have squad or mass amount of trooper pairings. We just have character, trooper, officer, that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see if we actually go down that road, but uh, never know. Well, Dennis said – oh, sorry to interject, Matt, yeah. but uh, when we were interviewing Dennis last time, he was t he was giving us a little bit of uh, flavor for what he might create in a set, and I mm -hmm. remember he talked about the Cantina Band, and that might be something where you have a specific grouping of characters that all interrelate right. and you know that escalation of their, their icons as they, they all get deployed on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no uh, – yeah, definitely. I would agree. Um, so as far as these – is, is this objective set actually goes? Um, all of them have been spoiled except for one, if I remember correctly. That's one, two, three, yeah, four. So I think the only one that didn't get spoiled was the Navy one, correct? Mm, I'm not quite sure about that. Because um... I... Do we know it's Navy? We we can... We know it's Dark Side. Yep. It's, I, I... it's either IG-88 or Navy. No, IG-88 was, um, like, the fifth Force pack. Okay. Um, uh, I let's see, what was the last one? What was the last one? Let me check. Hang on. Da, 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 da. We have the Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> we have Navy. Well, no, there was all there was all, all of them were in here. It was in Balance of the Force. So it's, it'll probably be Navy. I don't – whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so uh, moving on here. Um as far as the smuggler objective set is concerned, it is a smugglers and spies affiliation only, which is really kind of depressing because I was really looking forward to running this with Red 5 because the objective set had the uh, – you could pick your objective set and then flop it over and use it. But um, do you guys think this, this was a smart decision? Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, I think it is a smart decision, um, especially for the power that that set comes with by uh, being able to remove, you know, a whole, you know, table full of units uh, <laughs> back into your opponent's hand and then playing units for free and the synergy it has with other sets in the, the, sm uh, the smuggler set. I think, yeah. you know, it's important to have that because I think the game got into a really bad meta where you only saw these mixed bag uh 
decks and yeah. you knew almost immediately what those mixed bags were going to be because of the synergy that they had with themselves so now you're bringing it back to more uh, more viability for the mono decks and i think we're going to see that a lot with jedi is mono jedi is going to become a lot stronger mm -hmm. and i think that's going to polarize the other uh, affiliations to become more mono uh, right. you know focused no yeah i would definitely agree um matt any other thoughts on that topic well you know it really, for just for the combo you pointed out, needed to be limited. It would be horrible to be able to run this and um, Red 5 at the same time, <laughs> or really awesome. But yeah. sometimes things are just too awesome. And to have that ability, um, you might not have even shown that you had any cards from this set. Your opponent blows up... Um, Journey to Dagobah, and they lose. Right. Now, to be fair, I never blow up Journey to Dagobah unless it's going to win me the game anyways, because it's just not worth um, letting your opponent f pick what they're getting, and it has no really awesome abilities while it's in play. I, I usually say, oh, look, that Inu must go that's getting you a free resource every turn. It dies. Yeah, I mean, it's... The, uh, the 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 definite combination of those two, I think, would really be an interesting factor to experiment with, but it's unfortunate that we can't actually do that. So, um, do any cards stand out to you guys um, in any of these objective sets at all? Uh, Matt, we'll start with you. Any cards stand out at all, other than um, the freeholders themselves, which are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think Echoes of the Force is the game changer, and we get at least two of it. Um, one with the Jedi and one with the Sith. Mm -hmm. um, no idea with that last set, which we have gone and found in the news article from way back when, that it is definitely Navy, and we know all of one card from it. But the... Echoes of the Force just changes edge battles and changes the Force struggle in and of itself that all of a sudden, uh, and I actually pulled this off in a test game, if you block with Executor, mm -hmm. it's not elite. All of a sudden, wow, it just has two focus. I didn't expect that. My, yeah. my executor blocking a weenie to keep it from tacticsing itself just got double tactics by echoes. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? And and now they don't get they don't even get to use those icons in the force struggle. They've wasted a force card right. on a unit they don't want. Um, other awesome targets if you're playing the dark side version, Luke Han. They don't want to be committed either. And anyone who has trust your feelings on them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it's an interesting kind of play because, you know, this kind of comes into this, uh, the, the category of Twist of Fate and Supporting Fire with those Fate cards. I mean, we have um, the Echoes of the Force thing, which, you know, it can force your opponent to go, well, I'm committed to the force now, so that really sucks. Um, I mean, like you pointed out, you can use this to really kind of uh, screw with their defense if um, 
if they do decide to block with some interesting weird weirdness or um i mean we can even go as far as far as to say as um uh, using a twist of fate first and then putting in echoes of the force and just passing and saying okay well now your tactics guy is double focused or now your executor is double focused that that is a a very big kind of deal um uh, another one that i think is a really really interesting card is um rain's guidance or ron's uh it allows you to search the top five cards of your deck for a jedi unit Reveal it, then add it to your hand, and then you can put the cards and top of your deck in any order. It's free. It doesn't cost anything, and the only unit uh, event canceling card that the uh, dark side have right now is the Imperial Suppression, which no one ever actually runs. So you're pretty much guaranteed to always use this. I mean, I think this is a good card to play at the start of the game, mid game, late game. It really just kind of uh, doesn't really matter where you play it because you, you're, you're going to really try and find that card, and then that synergizes well with Kyle Katarn and the objective set and, and everything else. Um, well, Patrick, the only counterplay to that is you know scum always gets kind of ragged on for not being that effective, but there's a ton of scum cards where it's name a unit and capture them. You know, I right. think it's uh, get me solo. Yep. You know, now you're revealing that unit and you're just handing it over to the other person. You know. Uh, it depends when you play this card, but essentially, you know, I'm seeing, oh, you pull out Kyle Katarn, you've got two in your hand, and now you're capturing Kyle Katarn out of the, right. you know, out of someone's hand because they showed it to you. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, let's be fair, Scum could use the help. Yeah. If if, if things in the meta, um, if things rise in the meta that Scum is good against, it's good for the whole game, I think. Yeah, but I don't think Scum have any place still. I mean, if if you're going to run Scum solely for that Get Me Solo card to try and counter one other card, it just doesn't seem worth it. At, le at least right now. I, I think that obviously over the course of the this year, we're going to see um, certain certain factions definitely kind of get a bump up, so like Rebels and Scum. But I don't think currently where we're at right now, I, I, just, I, I don't really see Scum being really useful at least right now see i'd have to disagree with you because i think with the the things that have been spoiled scum is becoming a lot more powerful you see a lot of the jedi cards that we're coming out with mm -hmm. or that ffg is coming out with that are all their card uh, ability dependent so you know you see kyle katarn and you see um a lot of different units that all have sp uh, particular abilities and you don't see this so much being used against specifically luke because of what you brought up you know you don't want to counter with a whole deck against one unit but right. as you get into the more mono jedi decks which i think you know will become really strong scum is going to target that with abilities that remove units and and i think that's one of the things we've seen overall with all of the spoilers is that there's a lot more unit removal because uh in the current meta and what we've been playing with since the the starter packs it's been a lot of this unit gets on the field and then it's really hard to get rid of them you know you have your right. han solos that can you know get out the little chud units but you know vader's on the field and unless you have some kind of really cool power vader's going to be there for a while you know the emperor is <laughs> going to be there for a while um i was playing a game with my girlfriend and it's like yeah i can bounce vader back to her hand but she's already got the resources to you know put one focus token on each and then vader just comes out the next turn so all right. i've done is get myself an unopposed objective damage but well, I, I think it's definitely going to change things well i mean yeah i think that um just kind of going off of, of what you just said 
I think that forcing your opponent to spend all five resources to lay out one unit, I think, is a plus. Especially if you have a board advantage already. So they're going to have to make the decision, do I want to lay down two Chud units or do I want to just lay down Vader and hope for the best? Um, I mean, obviously, both decisions are going to be good depending on, you know, what state of the game you're playing and where your where your current game situation is. But I think forcing your opponent to make that decision is definitely something that um, light side has needed in a long uh, has needed for a long time because uh, like dark side just is is just so good at, at consistent board removal. And with, with this the the new light side board removal mechanic, I mean yeah, it's just one card. It's just the objective card, and of course we have. Um, the card that is outmaneuver, which you return a uh, smuggler and spy unit to um, to your hand, and then you can bounce another unit with the same printed cost or lower to your opponent's hand. So I think that um, having a lot more, I guess, board control and board presence on the light side definitely kind of flips up the meta a little bit, rather than just hey, everyone's going to run slew scout deck, yeah. But I mean, I, I can definitely agree that it's it, it is something to really kind of look out for. Um, if uh, like, do you want to put Vader back in their hand and just see it again, or do you want to do something else? Well, I think it'll be interesting, you know, if you can force them to play Vader and then you you bait them into a trap where you can remove Vader so that they've already spent that five. You know, right. that's where it's going to be really effective. And I I think one of the best cards for that, uh, which was actually spoiled in the FFG news article, is a Taru form. Uh, it looks like Carl, uh, Kyle Katarn wall walking. Yep. Um, and it's if you win an edge battle by two, uh, you get to remove an enemy unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be really powerful, especially if you pair it with things like the Falcon or anything where you can win an edge battle easily. You know, old Obi-Wan where you flip over that first card, you know, I think that's going to see a little bit more of a resurgence Mm -hmm. simply because the edge battle for Jedi is going to become more important because you have that removal, whereas they already sort of get uh, a pass on the force struggle they'll now be able to dominate a little bit more in both. Yeah, no, uh, I, I would definitely agree. Also, um, the three-resource card for the uh, Smugglers and Spies, the Cleaning House, um, after your opponent resolves a card effect that draws a, one card or more, remove a focus token from this uh, this enhancement. So, you, I mean, basically you play this, and now your opponent has to make a decision. Do I want to use both my Council of Assist to draw an extra card on my turn and have them have three free resources? Or do I just want to draw one card? Or do I not want to draw any cards? I think that that really kind of, again, really kind of makes the Sith player really kind of think on his actions rather than just going, oh, I'll just draw more cards, whatever, no consequence needed. Like, this actually gives them a legitimate con- consequence to really kind of go, huh, this is this is interesting. Matt, what what is your thoughts on this uh, discussion we're having so far? Well, it actually gives them two consequences because they get resources and they get cheaper freeholders. Right. So um, I did want to point out um, one other nice little bone scum gets thrown for this. Boba Fett actually is pretty decent for taking out these freeholders. Yes. They they have four health. There aren't very many dark side units that can handle a four health opponent. Um, The Rancor can if you Mm -hmm. win edge. The Crate Dragon can if you win edge. The 501st Legion can. Kind of, sort of, if you win edge, since they have a tactics. Um, and now Bubba Fett can as well. And 
he doesn't care that they have four health. He'll be like, oh, you're captured. See, again, the – It's my, useful. It's, it, it's, it's useful, but I still it, I still feel that we're like, okay, yeah, you can use scum, but you're, if you're using it just to counter this one objective set and you don't see it, then it's just kind of like a wasted objective set in your deck. Right, right. You have to – you you have to build the deck to expect more than one deck type. Um, right, right, right. So you know it, it's it's but actually it's actually kind of funny because um, later on we have a deck talk segment and there's a couple decks that uh, we've all been just kind of messing around with, and one of the decks I've been messing around with is Bubble Fett in my dark side deck, and it seems to work semi well. Um, but anyway, uh, let's move on here. What do you guys think of the Rebel objective set? Not like everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, great combo with Leia and everything." But I mean, the the biggest drawback is this is having two intelligence operatives, which you're spending a resource to to basically draw a card. Uh, like, how do you guys feel about that, Matt? I I'm a little underwhelmed by the Rebel set. It has. It, it has some really cool combos it can pull off, but I'm always wary of the combo decks because right. they can be disrupted. Janors cost three, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, has only two health and um, has to be able to strike in order to use her ability mm -hmm. because it's a reaction to after she's focused to strike. That it's not going to happen very often. Correct. Potentially. She'll die to force storm. She's not elite. You probably didn't commit her because you're wanting to strike with her. Right. So force storm takes her out. Vader and force choke are probably not going anywhere. And, <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes, you know, and you have to have the unit to return to your hand. That works with the combo. Um, now, whether that's someone you tactics down or whether it's the Intel operative to draw a card or Luke or, or sorry, not Luke, or um, the Rebel Han or Leia, mm -hmm. you, you still have to find those and get everything to come together. And it's a little underwhelming. What I find coolest in the objective set is the objective itself which is after a friendly attacking unit leaves play, deal one damage to target defending unit. And that changes combat math a lot for the dark side. Yes, it does. Um, I, I can no longer just sit there and say, all right, I have these defenders. They're going to kill the attackers, and most of them will live through it. I win. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, okay, each one I kill, another damage comes through. I have to make sure I commit enough people to defend and, um, you know, strike in the right order so that I, all my people get to strike. Right. And watch out for tricks like light side swindling their own unit because it's not when they are discarded or destroyed. It's any, any way they leave play. Right. So, oh, this that unit's about to die never mind i swindle it instead and get a free ping in yep that's so i think there's a reason the objective has four health and i think it's going to be a high priority target for the dark side anytime it's on table yeah i mean i, I my 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 biggest problem is that it has two intelligence operatives 
and Jen Ors has has two HP. Nick, when you first saw this objective, what were your thoughts? I definitely have to agree with Matt. I think the objective itself is really awesome, uh, especially because you see a lot of unit removal with, um, you know, aggressive dark side decks, a lot of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sacrificing units on the dark side side to then force you to, to lose units, etc. Um, so it, and I know it's kind of a stretch to think this, but it, it might be a good counter to some of those dark side sacrifice decks because whatever units they do leave on the field, when they sacrifice something to do damage to kill your units, you're now really increasing the cost to them. Right. And I know it's frustrating for me to see like a, an ice tromper uh, executor deck that really focuses on sacrificing those units and it's like they have this huge board of like eight characters and then like they sacrifice like five of them and you know it's because they still have the executor out and right. now it's you know you're you know pretty much increasing that damage to them exponentially mm -hmm. um i do want to point out it says defending unit so it you know it's it's engagement specific right. um so, you know, you're having uh, an issue where if they're using a force choke and then Vader and it's outside of an engagement, you know, that reaction's not going to work. Uh, so it, it does limit it a little bit, and I don't think it's all that promising for, for that reason al uh, alone, but I do think it's going to be something that a lot of people start to run just to see how it works. Mm -hmm. And I do like the safe house that comes with it, not only for the nice little art, because now everybody has a little chessboard like on the Millennium Falcon, but also <laughs> that um, it would be a good resource to pair up with um, some Jedi stuff where you're winning the, the Force struggle, and so you can constantly refresh that that really nice safe house. Yeah, I think that the the Rebel um, objective set definitely, I think, would probably pair a little bit better with, say, a Jedi, or um, maybe even go into a Sluice deck, possibly, because of all the, the very small, low-cost units. Um, Jan Ors is just an interesting concept, but again, the whole 2 HP, like, when I first saw this objective, so I was like, oh, good, more light side, light side units that die instantly to pretty much anything the dark side has out on the board. Not a ton of Force icons in this objective set at all. I mean, the only one that is really... Jan Ors has two, which you generally want a player. Um, and Safe House is really great because if you win the Force struggle by... Uh, if you win a Force struggle, there's no, like, limit. So, I mean, and... Uh, like, I, I, I've, I have a an issue with this because it's, like... Very, very large ifs. Uh, at least in the, in the current meta, I think we're going to see this objective set played probably in in the next few months, rather than when the force pack releases. I just I I don't see it being very viable. I mean, freeholders, uh, the the false report objective set definitely just something that really kind of stands out at you, uh, as as well as heroes and legends. Now, the big elephant in the room is going to be uh, Jarek and his Sith objective set, which is going to be. Uh, Scourging the Empire, which I, I really enjoy this objective set. This really kind of plays a homage to uh, the, uh, the the Dark Forces days and uh, Kyle Katarn's kind of, you know, past. I mean, like, this really kind of um, really kind of brought back a lot of really neat memories playing the game, reading the books, and just kind of finding out about uh, Kyle Katarn's past and just kind of certain uh, Sith Lords and whatnot. So, Jarek and hit Jarek himself, I think, is a really unique card because uh, his reaction is after this unit is focused to strike, remove a target unit from the force. So that that is huge. Even if you don't win a force struggle, 
and say Yoda is committed to the Force and he's just playing defense, you can remove him from the Force, and suddenly you have an opportunity to possibly take the Force back. Um, I think that he pairs really well with Ghost of the uh, Ghost of the Dark Side. I believe that that's what the objection set is called with the 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 Force Ghost the guys. Um, now, granted, I'm not entirely sure if having two of these and two of the Force Ghost objective set is a good thing, but it does give you some really, really high AoE clear, which I think is possibly important, but again, I think it's probably too much. Um, the Imperial Inquisitor is interesting because they're Force-sensitive, which they can actually have Vader's lightsaber, which is really interesting. Um... And also, after an enemy unit is removed from the Force uh, by a card effect, which would be Jarek's effect, um, you can remove a focus token from the unit. And uh, Or uh, Echoes of the Force. Yeah. Well, there's that, too. And, <laughs> I mean, also, it's a resource, which is a big deal as well. So I think this, this objective set definitely is a big deal, mainly because the Sith, the Imperial Inquisitor, is not unique, and you can have four of these out on the board, and it's basically like a better version of the Imperial, uh, of the uh, Advisor of the Emperor. So, uh, Nick, we're going to start with your thoughts. Uh, I definitely like uh, this set, not only for its lore components, but also for uh, Force Storm. I think that's going to be a big counter to some of the lower uh, unit health uh, decks that are out there, sleuths, etc. It seems like we're just rehashing the point that Darkseid gets really strong objective sets, and, and that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, Jarek's just going to be, I think, an auto-include uh, for the future, not only because he's really cool and everybody knows who he is and etc., but that it, it pairs well with a lot of different cards. No, uh, Agreed, agreed. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm not sure I agreed that the Inquisitor is a better advisor. Um, well, you lose, mainly... You, you lose the Sith resource out of it, right. and you lose the tactics, but it does have two health, so it doesn't instantly die when Han hits the board, right. which is useful. Um, I'm a little underwhelmed by Jarek himself. His reaction will sometimes be really useful, but his icons are, are just not good enough for a um, four-cost card. Okay. Um, on the other hand, Having another um, four force icon card that maybe I don't want to play, I can toss in an edge battle. Yes. Instead of instead of tossing Vader in an edge battle, that's pretty helpful to have around. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, Force Storm is of course the big card here. Yes, definitely. Do you think that the dark side is still getting too many high uh, force icon cards, Matt? Um. I don't know that I'd say that. Um, I mean, if we go over and look at the Jedi set, um, you Kai only has three instead of four, but you get two of him per set. Right. Um, and, you know, that having a bunch of three icon cards floating around is also pretty useful. I think... Um, I don't think that it's the dark side gets the high icon cards. I think the Sith and the Jedi in general are going to get them. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm okay with that, having the Force users have the high Force icons and having 
you know, edge battles not being the strength of every faction. That not everyone can be good at the edge battle or the force struggle. Um, you know, there are um, some of those vehicle decks relied on, we don't really care if we win the edge battle or the force struggle. We'll hit hard and fast either way. Right. Or chaining together the edge ability. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we don't have any cards, but we have Battle of Hoth and five speeders. We win. Yeah, but speeders just is not not consistent. That's the problem. Uh, just an example right. of, the, of the different ways that different factions can approach edge battles. Um, Sith rely on um, twisting and using their awesome big cards and you know that sometimes you're like oh man i really needed to win that edge battle and sometimes you're like hey that's one less emperor i have to worry about so yeah yeah it's you know it's kind of a, it's kind of that odd balance where um i think that light side's definitely starting to get more force icon cards which is something that was desperately needed because dark side was just like yeah i'll dump my whole hand this round and pff, i can still win edge battles whatever but uh, I think that they're definitely going to have to be careful. Also, the, the, they're with the Freeholders kind of being a card now, I think that the dark side is going to have to play a better um, juggling act in making sure that their hand size isn't always so high during their opponent's turn because if they don't play any cards like their second turn because they didn't get anything and they have six cards in their hand, that's two cost freeholders, which you could potentially play two of them your first turn. Good luck dealing with that. I mean, it's it. I th- I think that we are we are going to see a a big balancing act. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts uh, on this topic? Uh, for the Force icons, uh, you know, I think it's pretty even between the Sith and the Jedi. I mean, if you have Yoda out from, you know, the starter pack. You know, you're controlling the force pretty easily unless they're getting Vader and Palpatine out there. Right. Um, you know, and and I think it's it's definitely more of a lore component for me that you would have the Jedi and the Sith controlling the force struggle, and then you have you know the rebels, the smugglers, the scum in the Navy all fighting it out on the edge and things like that. You know, you can't, like Matt said, have everybody be good at everything because then there's no point, you know. Right, right, right. We, we have no variety. I think it definitely is a realization on FFG's part that when they first started to come out with force packs that they needed to bring everybody to the center a little bit more and even it out. But I still think we're going to see a little bit more polarization and a little bit uniqueness in terms of the way they play. So it's it's not bad. I think it's a good thing and, and will end up being – uh, a welcomed component of the game to continue on. Awesome, awesome. Anyone else have anything to add to these objective sets that have been spoiled before we move on to deck talk? Nick, you got anything? Uh, they did not spoil one of the last sets, and I believe it's the Navy set, and it's the Dark Troopers. So I'm looking forward to that because I was a big fan of the Dark Forces games way back when, and that'll be really awesome, and it'll be another Trooper thing, which is always cool because I know a lot of people who run Trooper-exclusive decks. Those things scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. When I was when I was fighting those things in game, the first time I ran to it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, what is this? Please don't kill me!" And it killed me mercilessly. Uh, yeah, Matt. Anything else to add? Um, yeah, I just want to touch on that dark trooper. Um, yes. Because it has a new mechanic on it that I don't 
well, we've somewhat seen as well in Mara Jade's lightsaber from the next Force pack. Mm -hmm. But it will be the first card we see with this, and it has the text, this unit is considered committed to the Force. Um, it, do it doesn't use a Force card, basically. It does not use a Force card. So just by playing it as a dark side player, you get um, an extra Force icon yeah. and the Force struggle. On the other hand, it's also not elite, so it's not, it's going to be a bit of a sad panda, but it's, um, you know, the Navy, it's a nice trade-off for the Navy. They have yeah. some trouble in the force struggle, mm -hmm. and it will give them the ability to have at least a fourth unit. Um, it looks like the kind <laughs> of card that might be more than one of. So. Well, yeah, it's it's an interesting card. Um, it's funny that it uh, only has one HP, which you don't see that a lot for dark side cards. Like, so it just it just kind of throws me off a little bit. But it, all, all in all, I think it's still a good card because, like you said, you get the the, the force, and it kind of forces the light side to play a little bit more defensive in the force, which is always good in a uh, navy versus Jedi matchup. So. All right, let's actually move on to deck talk now. Um, I know that since these spoilers have been announced, um, we have made some cool little proxy cards and have been just uh, building decks left and right and trying to figure out what's the best way to do this kind of thing. Um, so, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Um, I know that you've been experimenting with a couple decks, but I want to talk about your Sith deck. So what is the Sith deck that you've been running with so far? Well, I've had a lot of success. Um with what's probably the first Sith deck everyone thought of when they saw the spoilers. I'm running two copies of Darth Vader, two copies of the Emperor, two copies of Council of the Sith, so nothing changed there. I'm running two copies of the Executor and two copies of um, Scouring the Empire in Jarek. And it has done really well in the testing I've done with it. Um, I... I'd love to put something in other than the Executor. Um, it's a great card, but it's not what the deck needs. But what the deck does need is that Holocron. Because yeah. Force Storm is great, and the ability to play... Force Storm is great, Force Lightning is great. Both of them are important cards um, in certain matchups. And the ability to get them for less than full cost has swung games. Yes. And um, Have you considered using Vader's Fist over the Executor? Yes. Uh, Vader's Fist is in there. Um, I actually even thought about swapping out Council of the Sith for Vader's Fist. Yes. I, I, I know. Crazy thought. But it, especially if I'm looking at a meta that the freeholders, and I guarantee you, if you're going to any tournaments shortly after the Force Pack hits the streets, whenever that may be, but it will be right in the middle of the store championship season we're in now, um, you are going to see freeholders. Uh -huh. You're going to see lots of freeholders. And Council of the Sith increase, gives you a card advantage by increasing your hand effectively. Um, Vader's Fist gives you a card advantage by taking away cards from your opponent. Right. One of those makes the freeholders cheaper. One of those does not. Exactly. So 
you know, if you get card advantage by having two more cards a turn that you're drawing, that's making cheaper freeholders. If instead your opponent has two less cards, you're actually more free to play cards out because they're going to have less for edge battles and you can really kind of um, help neutralize the freeholders. If, if your opponent's paying six for them, mm-hmm. they're a completely fairly costed unit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think that um, replacing Vader's Fist for Council, I think, is possibly the best way to go as of right now. Um, mainly because it gives you some really good uh, units in the objective set to begin with. I mean, you get the four-unit damage trooper, which it's like, hey, so I'm going to place this turn one. You can attack with Luke. That's fine. I'll take two damage, but then I'll just outright smash Luke's face in, and you have no board advantage now. Um, Plus, the objective set just is awesome. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about replacing Council of the Sith with Vader's Fist? I'm a huge fan of Vader's Fist. I really love its ability. Um, it, I believe it has some Battle of Hoth or something yes, similar to that. Does. Where It does yeah, have Battle of Hoth, yes. Yeah, to take that damage off. Um, I love the 501st Troopers because you see a lot of, uh, with the speeder decks, a lot of people running Hoth objectives, and it's that, you know, of course, that that battle calculation, the battle math, where you're putting that extra damage on. And I put two of them out and just run over objectives left and right with it, Yep, um, which is great. And uh, I do love the 501st Legion, which is a great defensive card. You just hold that back and it's like, oh, what am I going to do with this? You know, it does all, you know, it does four unit damage and, you know, it's, I think it has four health. Yes, and it does. It's, it's, it's pretty strong. Um, Council of the Sith for me, I don't know, uh, back and forth. It's been a solid objective set for a really long time. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, you gain a lot of familiarity with it. Um, I could go either way, to be honest. Okay, that's fair. Um and go ahead, Matt. I, I mean, part of the reason I haven't tried that yet is I haven't needed to. Even testing against freeholder decks, I've been okay. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you're giving up resources. Yeah, you're giving you up a, a lot of, like, you're giving up three really good, well, four really good cards. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, the entire objective set is just solid. You're I mean, giving up resources, and probably more importantly than that, you're giving up tactics. And twists. And, and twists. And I running running a Sith deck with zero twist in it, that would be a crazy thought. Um But to be fair, you have enough force icons to yeah. choke a mule, so it's I'm like yeah. it doesn't really make make that much of a difference. Now, another thing that I was interested in trying is replacing uh one of the uh, replacing Executor with the uh Heart of the Empire. Which is odd and probably would not work, but I've always just liked that ob- objective set. Um, I like the uh, the force stasis, and I really enjoy the there is no escape for some reason. Um, but I mean, I I don't think that Heart of the Empire is um viable yet, mainly because Sleuth Sleuth is still super present and just super strong right now. Uh, Nick, do you think that we'll see Heart of the Empire come back this year? No. Okay. Not at all. Okay. I, I I really don't think so. Um, it's a strong set, 
the problem is is that if you put more than one in, you know, what happens when first turn you put that out there and you've got two of them in your four objective drop and you can't get rid of, you know, one of them. You're essentially screwed because it's easy to get 10 damage. Well, to be fair, if the light side wants to kill one objective in a tournament setting, I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, I guess that so. That only but, matters uh, if they fail. Because if they do kill it, then the tiebreaker is where the dial was, not how many objectives were killed. I, I made this right. mistake in tournament settings before where I go after Heart of the Empire and I lose, and now I've destroyed zero objectives. Mm -hmm. So uh, that something to watch out for on that one. Okay. Um, uh, I think... I think... I love Force Stasis. I wish it was in any other set. Mm -hmm. Um... The board wipe would be awesome, but I don't think you can take the executor out to do it because, once again, to use that board wipe, you need the holocron. Right. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, but no, I don't think that's the right play, and I don't think we're going to see widespread use of it. Um, man, one can only hope. It's like my favorite dark shot objective just because of the four stasis. I love it so much. Four stasis is such a great card. I, I wish it was in a set that I could play it. Who knows? Maybe they'll put it in a different set. You never know. Uh, what about Mara Jade? Nick, do you think that Mara Jade um, is going to see some play with uh, this with, with this new uh, Sith kind of core deck here? Yeah, I do. That is one thing I think we will see a lot of. Uh, I remember when I first saw her, I thought to myself, she is the dark side Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And everybody loves Luke, not only because he's the main character of the, you know, the original trilogy, but also because he's just Luke Skywalker and he has the best ability. And with her lightsaber and her paired up, I don't think it's going to be uncommon for you to see that. And she's just going to wreck face. Um, that's I think she will be in everything. No, now, are we talking about the Balance of the Force Mara that we already have, or the upcoming Echoes of the Force Mara? Uh, I, I was actually talking about the, the current one that we have right now, but um, the Echoes definitely, I think, will play a bigger role than, than the Balance of the Force. Well, I mean, maybe, because Join Me is such a ridiculously fun card to use. I so want to play Join Me on a Freeholders. I almost... Am, I'm. almost want to run Mara just so I can Join Me someone's Freeholders. Yeah, because it's, like, it's not unique. Ooh. Yeah, yep. that that'd be me. Like like you play a royal guard turn one, and you're like, I'm gonna commit to the force and pass. And there's that they look at you like, okay, that's weird. And they're like, I'm gonna play a freeholder. And you're like, I'm gonna play join me and get your card back. And you can't do that because it's only during your point of phase. Never mind. My entire thing was just completely shot by my own my own not lack of reading the card. So you have to survive a turn against them. Yeah, and and then you grab them and laugh at them hysterically. Yes, because they have no way to get it back. So well, other than killing it and yeah, good luck with that. using it binds all things, mm -hmm. this is starting to turn into a fun deck. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, another thing that I was kind of looking at um, is Serve the Empire, which is another uh, force struggle objective set, as well as the Dark Prophet of the Sith, the Anzadi uh, Elite, and a couple other uh, like Anger and uh, Force Push. Do you think that we're going to see some objectives from the Sith side that don't really get played a lot come back into the meta? Or do you think that we're going to see some a, a quicker kind of meta develop rather than it took like a half a year and a half, or like, well, I'm sorry, six months to get Slew Scouts out and people to realize, hey, this is the best deck. 
Uh, we'll start with Nick. Um, I think with the you know now that we're going into a whole new set of of cards, you know, mm-hmm. with with packs coming out pretty rapidly after they finally release some of them, I think it will be interesting to see what develops. I don't think it's going to be an instant meta. Right, right. Um, I think there will be you know a lot of different things tried out, and then from there on, we will see what develops. I'm I really don't anticipate there being like insta locks aside from a few sets. But in terms of full decks, I don't think we'll see insta-locks. Okay. Matt? There'll be a lot of experimentation. Yeah, I don't see Serve the Emperor coming um, right. out of the out of the mothballs. It's too many cards that are too weak. Um, That's fair. But, you know, will some cards that haven't seen as much play come back and see some more play? I think so. I My personal pick for objective set that no one plays right now that could fit in a deck by the end of the cycle is um, the Shadows of Dathomir. And I think that the Night Sisters are going to um, fit in very well with some of the Force Struggle shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And um, now, could... I, have a, I, I, I have a question on this. The right. the text says after you commit this unit to the force. Does the okay so say if your opponent plays Echoes of the Force and they commit the Night Sisters to to get a double tactics that doesn't actually trigger the reaction correct? That would not trigger that. Okay. How, looking at the text of Echoes, it says you may commit a target unit or remove target right, unit right, right. from the force. So, so, so I would yeah. think if the light side played Echoes. It would be considered the light side player Correct. committing yeah. them, or even if it was your teammate in a two versus two, that was not you committing them. Right. Um, I I could be wrong on this one, but that is how I would read it right now. Um, however, if the if you use echoes of the force to commit them, yeah, then Objective that damage, could trigger yeah. them. And and think of this sequence of events: you have um, Jarek out. You use Echoes of the Force. You commit them. You strike with Jarek. They're uncommitted, and then you commit them again at the end of your turn. I like that. I mean, there, there's a lot of things in there, um, and I think as more sets release and we see more Force Cycle shenanigans, I, I think there might be a completely different Dark Side deck, or a Sith deck, I should say. A, mm-hmm. A, not a Vader, Emperor, Council, um, kill everything with Force Choke deck, but mm-hmm. one that just has all sorts of Force Struggle shenanigans. And um, I, I think, I, I hope that deck becomes real because it gives, it allows you to see Sith and not know exactly what's going on. It, yes. It means that. The, the deck types and the affiliations are not locked to each other. Mm-hmm. There are different deck types available to within an affiliation. And currently, we're limited on that just because the, um, the card pool is too small. But I think we're getting there, and yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's, there's going to be some fun combos. They might not all be Tier 1. You, won't, you might not see all of them at the top 16 in Worlds. But they'll be fun. 
And let's face it, we play the game for fun, not just to win worlds. Well, you may play the game for fun, but I mean, I just play to win worlds. I mean, come oh, see, on. see, I have fun. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but you should try it sometime. Fun. Ah, uh, fun. It's so much work, though. Gosh. Anyway, uh, Nick, any other thoughts on the current topic? Um, not really. I think we've we've kind of rehashed everything that we were going to talk about. All right. Um, I do want to say I'm looking forward to the new Star Wars Rebels show that's going to come out. Oh my um, gosh! Yes, it looks so good. Yes. Um, but Just don't cancel that, it in the middle of the good season. Come on. Well, they're bringing out the Lost Missions with Liam Neeson back as Qui Gon. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So excited. Oh, yeah. The best, the best Jedi ever. Well, Kyle Darn. I mean, that's, no. that's debatable. I mean, we got Ben Skywalker there up there, too. So, I mean, I mean Qui Gon Jinn's only cool because Liam Neeson is playing him. Well, let's be honest yeah. here. I mean,. But yeah, anyway, Mason just has a very specific set of skills when it comes to playing <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just saw the Lego movie tonight, and Liam Neeson's a voice. Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, I won't spoil the Lego movie if, for any listeners who haven't seen it yet, but it was pretty good. That's what I keep and it hearing. And it was it was not what I expected. Oh. There, there is a twist in there. I do not. Ex- I did not expect. Well, that's so. good. I'm looking forward to seeing it. All right, so let's move on to the light side. Uh, there's a deck that I've been testing uh, quite re- uh, frequently, and as I get my list out here, um, it is going to be two copies of Han, Chewie, Falcon, Freeholders, one copy of uh, Renegade Squadron Mobilization, and one copy of the Dash Rendar set. So this objective, or this objective, this deck um, basically is a obviously a, a scum and scum. Smugglers and Spies objective set, and it just has a lot of resources, a ton of tricks you can do. Uh, I mean, really, it it allows you to just kind of take completely control of the battlefield while just dealing a ton of damage and just kind of spreading tactics everywhere. Uh, I have found it to be... I don't want to say inconsistent, but there are there have been some times where I can get a kind of a disappointing objective draw, or a disappointing uh, hand, and I'm, I have to mulligan it or something. Um, my my biggest concern with with this um, deck in particular is the lack of um, damage soaking units that I have. I mean, we have the Wookiee protectors, but that does require the objective to be out on the field. Um, I mean, it's not starved for resources, to say the least. It has a nice bit of fate cards. Uh, the twist of fates are always nice. The heat of battles are really, really nice. Um, one thing that I have found combo-wise with this is using the um, outmaneuver to damage Chewie twice, play this, and then um, use it to, say, clear a defender that your opponent has left open for another unit or something. Uh, that's really nice. You can keep Chewie alive a lot longer. You can keep Han alive, alive a lot longer. Um, it's it's really interesting. I I haven't really been able to use the freeholder or the false reports objective reaction. Um, Matt, have you been able to use it very often? I haven't had it go off yet. Okay. Um, in the games I've played against it, Dark Side has only blown up one objective each game, and that was the end the game blow up and i suspect it has at least something to do with being afraid of flipping this objective up yes um 
actually, I know that's why it was because <laughs> I was playtesting against myself. Yeah, and you're like, just I just I I don't want to do that. No, you're like I have a, such a good board presence. You flip it over, and you're just like crap. So, um, I don't know. It's tough. The deck, um, the deck has worked for me, but it act it actually has lost. Um, more often than it's won against that mm -hmm. Sith deck we were discussing, and that surprised me. Um, I've gotten the Freeholders themselves out. They do cool things, but they when, when the dark side says, okay, that's the unit that needs to die, it finds ways to kill them, and um, the deck doesn't have C-3PO in it, so they have no protection from Force Lightning, and right, right. that's kind of a good card I hear. <laughs> yeah. um, Outmaneuver has been really cool, um, and to add into that combo you just brought up, if you happen to have the seven resources, which the deck can, yeah. you you have you play the Falcon, and you after you outmaneuver Chewie back to your hand, you can send him right back in with the Falcon. Yeah, it's it, it's it, the combos there, there, you can do are crazy. Yeah, it, it. Um, now there's about a million different variations on this deck that I've, um, I haven't had the chance to play them all, but I know, off air we've discussed them. Yeah, and you know, and that has to do with those last two sets, which we're currently have been trying Dash and Renegade Squadron in kind of a play-good-cards deck style. Mm -hmm. um, other options include Lando, because Lando is awesome, and that actually would give us some protection against Force Lightning. Yes. Um, and resources. It Other options include um, the Blockade Runner and the Swindled that comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um you know, they're or even throwing in the sleuth scouts to give the freeholders an extra blast damage. Right, right. And you know, there's there's a lot of things you could do with those last two sets, and I think you could make the deck play very differently with those little changes. But I am not confident yet which one is the best option. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to kind of find your 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 best kind of niche deck here with the light side because it, the freeholders definitely have opened up uh, kind of a can of worms here. Uh, Nick, what decks have you been testing? Um, I haven't really been using the proxy cards yet because I like to have the actual cards in my hand. Mm -hmm. um, but Dude, I, definitely... I spent like 20 minutes making that PDF for you. <laughs> I know. Do, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Calm. Calm down. Anyways, um, but I do like the ability to have another enhancement for my Mono Jedi deck, yeah. and I kind of am like the Mono Jedi like uh, major proponent, and I know, Patrick, you like it too, um, and that's sort of my big thing. So, um, you know, that's what I've really been working on and, and whatnot. Okay, so cool. Very I, nice. That's what I'm looking forward to at least. Yeah, I think that a Jedi deck is definitely going to be a, a kind of thing to contend with. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to all the different styles and stuff that the light side is going to finally be able to actually kind of come up and and actually do. So, but uh, actually, guys, we are uh, unfortunately out of time for this week. 
Um, we're going to come a little bit short here. Um, it's been a busy week for everybody and just a lot of stuff going on. So um, before we end the show, anyone else have anything else to uh, bring up as far as debt goes or anything else? Uh, I, I, I'll go first. Oh, <laughs> Matt, you want to go, go first? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. You go. My, more, my news is probably more important. Probably. I just wanted to wish everyone good luck in their store championships. Um, we are right in the middle of the season now. It looks like I'm going to get to a couple of them at the beginning of March, Woo. probably with the um, new force pack dropping right in the middle. Nice. But um, good luck. Let us know on the forums or um, on our Facebook page or tweet us. Let us know how you did. Um, if you come up with some really cool deck and you dominate and want to let everyone know, um, let us know. If we, can, we might even be able to... Um, give it a highlight on the show and give you some credit for your awesomeness. Yay. Awesomeness. Nick, what, what did you have? Um, I just want to bring up some of the exclusive stuff that we might be, well, we are actually going to do in the future. Um, in particular, we're going to have um, the senior managing art director for the star Wars, the living card game on the show. Uh, her name's Zoe Robinson. Um, she is a wonderful, wonderful person. I've been talking to her and she is going to, uh, be on our show and be here for an interview. So we look forward to that. Sweet. And uh, we're also going to have an exclusive Q&A with the entire staff of FFG. We can't have them all on one show, um, <laughs> but we're going to be submitting them a, a list of questions and, and getting their feedback on some of the, the longing things that we've been wanting to hear, uh, hear about from them. So uh, look forward to that. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah, good luck to everybody in the in the in their sh uh, store championships. That's one thing I I completely forgot about because um, I'm not really looking forward to mine because I don't compete all that often and I'm a really bad competitor. So I'm really not too enthused only because I'm probably going to lose. But you know yeah. what, dude? It's okay. You play for fun. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing to learn is is to. Lose gracefully as well as win gracefully. Yeah, winning gracefully. I have a hard. It's it's like every time I win, I want to jump up and do a dance, but I can't do that because that would be really really bad sportsmanship. So I do I do it in my head, and it kind of looks like Jar Jar Binks, which is kind of depressing. But that's you okay. have to pretend you've been there before, Patrick. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, guys. Well, uh, big shout out to FFG for allowing us to set up all this really cool stuff for you guys. Um, as far as the FAQ goes, we'll obviously announce more when uh, the time comes and we'll definitely get uh questions and comments from you guys the listeners don't worry about that we will we'll keep you guys in the loop um all that stuff information will be on our facebook and our twitter so make sure to follow us there uh twitter is going to be uh at table flip uh podcast or at table flip show uh and then uh the facebook of course is going to be facebook.com forward slash uh table flip podcast and that is going to be everything for this week here on the table flip episode 19 Next episode is – I don't know yet because we haven't gotten that far because we're really hoping the force pack drops and we can just go all crazy and be like, we were all wrong. All these decks are terrible. Still use Sleuth Scouts. You never know. So until then, guys, uh, have a great evening, morning, or afternoon. God bless. May the force be with you, and take care.